Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. This week on the episode, I want to talk about Onyx's timber cuts feature. So United States Forest Service timber cuts shows areas of logging operations on national forest land over the past five years and actually goes beyond in most areas. And this layer is perfect for targeting thinned out areas of the forest, some thicker areas for, you know, potential bedding, um, just food sources, everything else. Um, with this episode being all about timber cuts, I figured this was a good feature to be able to talk about. And in addition to that, if you head over to my YouTube channel, just Bo Martonic, I have a whole video of how to hunt timber cuts as a part of the Mountain Bucks scouting series. So check that out. And if you want to, you know, try out the the Onyx Hunt app, which is the premier GPS hunting app for your phone, tablet, or and your desktop, then head over to onyxmaps.com. Use the coupon code EMW. That'll save yourself 20% off of the app. The University of Elk Hunting online course. So Corey Jacobson and Elk 101 have put together the most comprehensive and complete resource for increasing your elk hunting knowledge, confidence, and hopefully your success. I'm going to have Corey on the podcast again here soon to talk about e-scouting and, you know, what some breaking down some hunts on, you know, from e-scouting and what worked, what didn't. And, you know, Corey really breaks it down in this course, which one of the hardest things and what everyone always talks about when they hunt elk is the hardest part is finding the elk. So this, this course, like I said, just really teaches you how to use Onyx, how to use the other resources to be able to locate elk and get that out of the way so you can get your at-bats, your opportunities. So head over to elk101.com, click on the University of Elk Hunting online course, and if you use the coupon code EASTMEETSWEST, that'll save yourself 20% off of a year membership to the online course. And lastly, but not least, Tethered. So I had mentioned in the last podcast, I just got the Phantom saddle in the, the mail. And so instead of talking about all the features of the Phantom saddle, as it is the Cadillac of saddle hunting, I want to talk about Tethered saddle kit building system. So if you go over to on tetherednation.com, head over to their build your own custom kit. It walks you through everything you need. You can click different options, check it out and build your own custom kit that's tailored to you. And your pricing will update as you move through the list to kind of figure out what's going to fit in your budget and how to build your ultimate saddle hunting kit. So as I said, head over to tethernation.com, check all that out, learn about saddle hunting before you make a purchase, see if it's right for you. I tried it last year and I am hooked on doing that. It's just another tool in my toolbox for doing this. So check that out at tetherednation.com. And so I've been doing some summer scouting here recently. And when I say that, most of my summer scouting is using trail cameras and just I've been taking them out, putting them around timber cuts, um, trying to locate bucks from last year or some areas from spring scouting. And although bucks aren't normally in their range, I'm really trying to get inventory at this time of year and see what's out there just to, 
you know, a fun time to get out. Although you usually won't catch me in the middle of the day. It's going to be either early mornings or in the evenings when the temperature is a little cooler and uh, it's not as humid and muggy out. But uh, really looking forward to this deer season and what's to come. So as I mentioned in the last podcast, because this is part two uh, with Steve Shirk. So if you haven't listened to the first part, go back and check that out first. But um, I'm also gonna, going to be doing a big sick giveaway next week on the two-part series with Chris Derrick of Sika Gear. Talking about the new mobile hunting pack. We're going to be giving that away. All the other new things that are coming out from Sika in 2020. But more importantly, how to build a system for you. And whether that's Sika or that's anything else, just learning the importance of a layering system when it comes to whitetail hunting. It's talked about a lot from the big game side of things, but not as much with whitetails. So I wanted to break that down with Chris and how to do that. So be sure to look out for that episode next week. And on this episode with Steve Shirk, as, as I said you know, a little bit earlier here, um, also have a video on the YouTube series about hunting timber cuts, but Steve is a master when it comes to this. And so him and I talk about why you should hunt timber cuts, where the bucks are bedding um, in these timber cuts. Is it on the edge or, or the interior? When thick is just too thick, still hunting these logging cuts from the ground, using the Onyx Hunt app to locate timber cuts, understanding the different ages of these cuts, and then finally patience and confidence kills which was the main topic of last the last episode here um i i really enjoyed doing this podcast with steve he's extremely successful if you haven't checked out him check him out on instagram at shirk's guide service and uh also on facebook he uh guides hunters from all over the country in some in pennsylvania and some of the hardest hunting uh available for white tails but it is extremely good uh experience so definitely check out steve after you listen to the series so thanks for listening and uh if you like it leave a rating review that really helps out a ton i i want to change i want to change gears here kind of kind of quite a bit but i want to go and talk about timber cuts okay i want to talk about logging cuts i want to talk about clear cuts and you and i both hunt clear cuts and i kind of want to like i have a way that i go and look at it and i want to see what you think of like um when it comes to timber cuts so okay first of all explain why timber cuts are you know something that you look at sure well i mean i hope i'm not being too basic or but no, no anyway it from a you know standpoint. yeah you know obviously when you when you don't log you don't have young generation of trees which makes thick cover so uh if, without logging there would be very little cover and that's what deer especially mature bucks want and that's what they need so uh you know if uh I'm always I'm always watching out where uh, you know where there's where there's logging and you know a lot of people are you hear oh man they just logged my area and now it's ruined and you know what it kind of is ruined for a short period of time now you lost your cover but really all all that it, what it's really like is say if uh, you had someone come in and remodel your house you know for a little while your house is a disaster and it's not what you want but then once it finally gets a chance to be built back you get something better out of it so that's really what logging is is you know i know that obviously we you know 
in this world, we need trees, we need paper, we need all that stuff. But for for a habitat perspective, logging is one of the most important things, not just for deer, but for many, many species of wildlife. So, um, yeah, I am, if there's anyone that that stands behind logging, it's me. In fact, I wish there'd be more logging, like around here uh, lately, it's just been pretty much ash is all they're taking out. And the logging's been really held back for over the years in a lot of areas, especially in national forests. So uh, I wish they'd do more logging because I'm willing to sacrifice some areas for a little while because I know in return that's going to create more cover, better habitat for deer, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna create really create bigger, healthier deer too, and bigger bucks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I okay. That's that's an before we go into more about the cuts. Yeah. I want to talk about what you just said right there. Yeah. I have I have this. I don't know if you can call it a theory because I feel like there's so much data to back it up. But I feel like areas in the big woods that have a a mix and a lot of logging cuts from older cuts to younger cuts and stuff grow bigger deer than areas that are just old growth forests. You're absolutely right because uh, a deer's primary food source, especially year-round, it's not. Obviously, it can't be acorns. It can't be mast. Mm -hmm. Um, In the big woods, we can't count on ag land, farmland. So for big woods deer, in order for them to for them to uh, find their max potential as far as health and antler growth and all those kind of things, logging is extremely important because that is a tremendous food source, uh, you know, regrowth. And it not only is, it's not only that trees are regrowing, but say you go into an area where there hasn't been logging and you look, you know, say there hasn't been logging for 30, 50 years, whatever, pretty much all that's under those trees is ferns. And the ferns are one of the least nutritional sources of food for deer there is. They need, they need, you know, plants, they need young trees. Like that's the best food source. And uh, even though, you know, when there's acorns, it's like icing on the cake, but for them to really uh, have their, you know, their best chance at a good, healthy life, they need to be where there's good browse. So uh, when you have areas where there's mixes of cover, um, cause say a real fresh clear cut, it's great for food, but if, if you clear cut 50 miles or not even say if you clear cut even a good two mile square of land, really that's probably not good either because all there is, is, is just an open area. And then in a year, yeah, there's new growth, but there's no actual hiding cover. So when you have some old cover here, there, all different varieties and different age classes of cover, you're just creating just the most perfect environment for whitetails. And most importantly, that's like a dream spot for a mature buck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love, I love the, each cut has its own thing, you know, the real old ones that you get the, you know, even the, you know, 12 to 20 year old yep. cuts to have a purpose. You got, you know, yep. the, the three to eight year, three to 10 year old cuts have, those are my favorite ones in sure. my opinion, but mm-hmm. like what, what, all right. So talking about those cuts, um, what, when is your favorite, what is your favorite like type of cut to hunt? Sure. Well, the one thing about this part or this area that I'm hunting that I've found, and this may not relate to every area, but we have a lot of older cover here, and now that the logging has just come back the past few years, we either have, like, kind of older cuts and we have really fresh cuts. We don't have, like, that middle ground of, like, what you were saying, that yeah. 8 to 10 year, which 
may be perfect, the perfect whitetail world, but I haven't had enough experience to, to see those kind of areas. Yep. I find that when I can find an old cut, especially sometimes right on the edge of a new cut, or when they clear cut an area that's on the border of an old cut, like those are really good spots. Because yeah. what it is, is they, uh, especially like early season, that is absolute prime spot for a buck to be early because he doesn't, he's not covering a lot of ground then, and he, he'll bed in that old cut. He'll go out to the new cut, he'll feed, then he can go right back to bedding in a hurry. Yep. You know, so that just creates the perfect scenario there. You know, that's kind of what I'm seeing. I do have some spots, though, where there's some younger cuts, and uh, they've been good. And uh, But what I find about some of those young cuts, and I don't think we've talked about it yet, but you still, you got to have, like, some patchy openings inside of those cuts for bedding at least. Now, they might go in there and browse, but uh, they may not. Uh, as, as far as bedding purposes, if there's not, you know, grassy openings, like they're not laying on a pile of briars, I can tell you that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it, it's got it. The bedding habitat is almost, there's almost a science to it, even though in the big woods it happens naturally. But, you know, in order for it to, to meet their requirements, um, it's got, it's got to, it's got to have like openings or, uh, or if not, they'll probably bed more on the edges of it than right in it. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I, that's, that's so true. Like if you're from, from my experience, what I've found is you get into those cuts, say a big cut yep. as it starts to get older and stuff, they'll bed on the interior of it, but it's, there's gotta be an opening. Absolutely. They're not going to just, they're not going to go a hundred yards in a thick bride yeah, and no. just plop their ass down and be yep. like, Oh, I'm, you yep. know, that's not the, if there's old logging roads that are running in there and then there's always those openings. I love those type of absolutely lots that are on the inner and that's why it's so hard for me to say like i only hunt the edges of a cut because uh, sometimes i do go on the interiors yeah. but it's not like i said i'm not just getting in the, the thick of the thick there's yep. there's openings and there's travel corridors that run through them yep. that almost act like a their own edge yep in, in a way and like you hit a really good point about those like logging roads going through them because, you know, we talked about before, when you're hunting a clear cut, it's like one of the most noisiest places there is. Like, you mm-hmm. cannot really sneak and be quiet. But those those logging roads, those access roads, are usually just a little bit grassier, just oh, sometimes just dirt. Like, you can you cannot even hear yourself walking sometimes. So they're great ways to sneak in. And especially if you know, you know, there's a buck bed more on the interior, that is a scenario where you can probably get a little bit closer and not have to worry about noise using those those yeah. roads. So I, I think that's something to, for people to keep in mind is, uh, you know, you, you find you find a clear cut, and uh, if it has some access roads, then you, that's the time when you probably should consider hunting more inside of it than on the edge because you can get in there quietly. Yeah, and, yep. and also those logging roads, depending on once they start getting grass and stuff on them, then they'll, they'll scrape the hell out of them too. Absolutely. You know, I love running cameras on those logging yep. roads. And we'll say if you get a couple of them that cross in an area, yep. nine times out of ten there'll be a scrape. Yep. yep. You know, there. And that's a really good spot to set up. And this is one of those situations, like I've learned, you've learned from cameras too. Like, those are the kind of spots that I look for. It's, it's sometimes I think people are overthinking, especially when they listen to me. It's like, man, he must just know something that, like, he's not saying or. Yeah. But really, what it is, it's not that. It's just, 
I, you know, you find those kind of spots, but you just can't expect to sit there one time and it happens. And some really you can't even expect there uh, in a three-day sit to make it happen. But what I do is I keep sticking to that plan, that formula, and, you know, I don't get discouraged and I just, I believe in it and I hunt those kind of spots. And sooner or later, when you put your time in, you get an opportunity. Yeah. So that's, you know, a lot of people are... They're doing everything right, and I'm I, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but a lot of people are doing everything right. They're just not giving it enough time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like you said about not <clears throat> overthinking it, those areas aren't that hard to identify if you're no. walking around. No, that's what I it, mean. It literally, it almost is seems dumb because it makes yeah too much sense. Absolutely. Okay, we got two trails that cross. They got cover around them. Yeah. There's a big scrape here. I'm going to sit here for a few days yeah. and, and yeah. you know, see what happens. Yeah. And what happens is on day two, they've sat there two days and they haven't seen anything. And then it's like, man, I just can't take it anymore. Like yeah. this must not work. But then I've learned if I've left a camera there Thursday or Friday, look who shows up. You know, if I just, yeah. so you just keep putting that formula into those scenarios. And uh, sooner or later, I'm telling you, if you're patient, you're going to see more success. And, and logging cuts, like... <clears throat> There, when you get into some of those thicker, older ones like that, yep. you can't see very far, nope. and yep. so you're not going to see very many deer. No, you're and not. It's, you need to have a strong mind because yeah. you're going to go times <laughs> a lot of time of you, just you and your tree stand. Yep, like that's all. That's yep. No, because there's not as much that that cut could be way more active than anywhere else, but you just can't see them. Absolutely, like I've learned that with snow on the ground. Um, I've sat in a spot and it's like, man, I just wasn't the right spot today. But then I go a hundred yards and deer crossed here. I go 50 yards there, deer crossed there. And that's just how the big woods works. I mean, they don't always have a spot on a spot to that they're coming through every day. You know, they have their areas and it's, you know, like I talked about being inside like a pinball machine. You just got to hope that that, you know, you're inside that machine, but the pinball comes your way. You, You know, there's a lot of different reasons why it might not come your way but you got to pick maybe the most likely spot where it seems like it's going to happen yeah yep and and you know as as we're sitting here talking i have so many spots in my head that are running <laughs> through my mind yep. and thinking how that's gonna how that's gonna work and lay out yep. but i i do want to cover um i know you said you hadn't hunted them as much just from the the area around here yeah. um but that that middle age group say even around three years old starting to just estimating 10 years old that area the reason why i like it is because the briars grow up enough and you start getting that new growth high enough that i feel like again this is bo's theory in his head but that the deer feel a sense of security walking through it because it's above their eye level so they'll they'll walk it more but if you get some of those they'll leave some of those select trees it might a lot of times like a hemlock tree they seem to leave those and pine trees up in these cuts if you can bury yourself in one of those, you can actually see quite a ways over top of it. Yep. Yeah. And see where the deer are moving. Yep. But they're more comfortable moving in there. Plus that fresh browse and stuff creates so much Definitely. food. They're bedding and they're feeding all in kind of one area. For sure. Um Yeah. I it, yeah. So that's that's uh that's one of the reasons that I've really liked yeah. those type of those type of areas. But I, I used to have like that theory that they'd bed in just in the middle of the thickest, nastiest stuff. And, yeah. Because that's what I remember, you know, my dad and my family telling me, you got to go thick, got to go I, thick. I, but, I, exactly. It's the old timers. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's not, and it's, 
And I think I was just taking them the wrong way, yep. too. They didn't mean that they're yeah. literally betting whether the deer can't even move because they have so much stick stuff. They just meant cover yep. in general, which is still holds true. It's just yeah. they're not they're betting on the edges of it where they can see. Yeah, like but you. There, there are spots, <clears throat> not that I, like I said, I don't have tons of experience in those spots, but from hunting and scouting some of them, there's some of those spots where they look really good, but for the most part, they really are like impenetrable. Like there's maybe one or two little logging roads going through it. Other than that, it's just nasty, nasty. And they're still good spots, but they're not good for bedding because yeah. like I said, they're not, they're not laying in areas unless it's got like some good grassy openings or yeah. you know something like that. So that's why you got to go in those spots like postseason and, you know, Every year, you know, pick five, six new locations, new cuts, and go in there. Hey, is there some bedding in here? I guarantee there's going to be feeding in there because there's tons of browse. But yeah, you know, then you got to decide: is this is this a spot that you know maybe I can catch a buck during the day, or is it just a spot maybe you know I have to overlook because it's just feeding activity. And it's all at night, or you know, mm-hmm. that's where you just got to you know you got to got to do your scouting. And why? I, I don't know if you do this, but when I see those super, super thick clear cuts, even though I, you know, think that that might be too thick or too nasty, yep. automatically I'm like, there's a 170-inch deer living here. Yep. Like there's, <laughs> you just think because it's, you sure. know. Well, the, I'll tell you how you tell that really quick is you walk the perimeter and a lot of times there's not many like rubbing sized trees around there on some of them. But if you see three or four big rubs on the edge of that, I'm telling you, there's a big buck probably bedding in there. Yeah. So that's yep. that's all you got to do. I'm telling you, I've found some really good bedding spots that way. Yeah. Yep. Have you ever have you ever hunted off the ground? Um, like say still hunting clear cuts or anything? Um, like older clear cuts. <clears throat> Not really, but it's something I think that could work really good. It's uh-huh. just. Like I said, especially for, you know, I don't, obviously I don't really get to do any rifle hunting in PA. Um, and a lot of, I get that six, six day period every year. And I kind of just have a strategy, you know, that has worked for me. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm probably not going to try to break something that, that doesn't need yeah. to be fixed. But I also think that what you're talking about could really be a, a tremendous strategy and like maybe even walking around the edge of those cuts doing some grunting or something like yeah. that I've, definitely could be an incredible tactic yeah yep. my, my, my dad's found <clears throat> success he's there's three bucks that he has mounted on the wall that he he's killed off the ground walking those logging roads there you and go. running and snapping sticks and yeah. getting them to come up out of some of those absolutely those bedding spots and he because he he had told this story and um I don't mean to go down the rabbit hole here, but he told this story about this buck back in 2005 that he killed. At the time, was his biggest deer. It was an 11 point. It was had a little drop tine on it and stuff. And he got trail camera photos of this deer outside the cut, and he hunted it like 12 different days surrounding this cut and couldn't. wasn't It was only getting him nighttime photos. Wow. He knew he was in this he cut somewhere. Yeah. So one day he went out on the ground and ended up shooting him at like six yards wow. frontal, you know, because he, awesome. he got him coming in. Wow. And those types of like, it's a lot. What I guess what I'm getting at with this logging cuts are just awesome areas all around. Oh, absolutely. There's so many different <clears throat> strategies and ways yep. you can, you can look at it. Absolutely. But, um, the, like, like, but I said, there's, there's a lot of challenges with it too. If they were, easy to hunt then you know everybody would be would be doing it yeah and one thing i want to bring up though is you know we talk a a little bit about like onyx and like you know uh google maps and 
stuff where you can just be sitting at home finding those spots, which is a tremendous strategy. But anymore, what I'm doing is I'm also trying to either find spots that, you know, cuts that you really have to pay attention to on there. They're almost overlooked because I am running into more people doing that. It's such, it is a great thing. And and I'm not saying it doesn't work, but I just think that, uh, some of it, you know, especially if it's easy access, unfortunately, there's there's a fair amount of people catching on to it. And th- there's one, that's the other thing I was going to say about logging cuts is a lot of times they're close to roads because they got to get trucks in there to, to do it. And you're going to get bird hunters in there. You're going to get yep. of a lot of other. So there's there's frustrations that can be, yep. if, if you have your own private logging <clears throat> cut, yep. go ahead. But like it's, it can be. It can be difficult, yeah. and and that's another and thing. Us talking about it right now, we just screwed ourselves some more, Steve. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think one thing too, if if you are finding spots like that, I do think most of the hunters set up on the edges. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you can find ways to get inside without making you know too much noise, or you just especially when you start running into other hunters, not that it's a competition, but you got to be a little bit different because. Especially those bucks like your dad, when he killed that buck, what it took was doing something different. That buck knew that your dad was hunting him. I oh, guarantee yeah. It. 100%. And he, what he did to kill that buck was he completely changed his whole game plan, and that buck wasn't expecting that. And he's like, nope, I guess this is a real deal, and your dad fooled him. So yeah. in those situations, that's what you start running into other hunters and those kind of things start trying to see what they're doing and what they're doing may look right and be right but you got to realize that those deer have caught on to that and then do something completely different i've i've talked about that before and in a couple scenarios that's how i've been able to kill bucks in an area because just being a little bit different you know yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's there's no one set way of anything you nope. and, and that's it's it's crazy to me like you know, I, as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm thinking of things that I want to try in my <laughs> own setup. Yeah. And but I'm never going to do things exactly like you are, nope. and you're not going to do it like somebody else. And that's what molds people into their own Absolutely. hunters. It's just taking things and figuring out what works and what doesn't for you, and kind of building your own style with it. And I think the the big woods is a place that you have to be creative with things. You have there's not a book that can be read there can't be a podcast no. that you can listen to that's going to make you you know successful every year there's nope. there's the, hopefully this stuff helps you it helps oh, get it you on the right help. track yeah. um but um or maybe steve and i are just uh coming up just telling you the exact opposite of what we do <laughs> because that's that's our whole goal isn't no <laughs> um no i'm just kidding but that's uh yeah, I, I think that, you know, logging cuts in, in general too, just like, I don't know, I I love them. I love hunting them. And I've actually had a couple of loggers uh, reach out to me on social media. Oh, really? Like, Thanks for giving, <laughs> you know, logging a good name. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's like, because yeah. it, it's, it's so healthy for the forest. Like you said, oh, even definitely. without not even having the, the, the deer involved in the animals, like it's just healthy for the forest himself yeah. and getting the sunlight and nutrients. And I'm not a, I'm not a forester. I'm not a biologist, but just from what I see and it's, it's a really, really helpful, yep. helpful thing. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, maybe lastly on logging, I've had a couple particular bucks that 
uh, because there's over the years been so little logging around here, like recent logging where all of a sudden a buck didn't show up in a certain spot that year. And I'm like, man, what's going on? And then I start to think, you know, well, I, whenever a buck leaves, it's probably something related to habitat. And then I'll, how I found a couple of these bucks was I was like, you know what? I said, there's that, there's that cut that's like two, three miles away. And I'm wondering if he could be there because right now it's probably about prime for him or, you know, something like that scenario. And that's really what had happened, you know, when, cause even though, you know, we, we talk about, you know, a certain buck living in uh, a core area, but that's not year round. Like bucks are, they shift in, in different areas depending on their needs. And I think every now and then a certain buck goes on like a big excursion. And I think they just do that to probably better their lifestyle. It would be like, uh, say, say you go on vacation. Yeah. Or (laughs) say you just graduated from college and you're like, you know what? I'm going to travel from here to California until I find a job or to get set up somewhere. I think a bucks like that. They're like, you know what? This year I'm just going to check out and make sure there's something that's not a little bit better somewhere. And that's what happens is when they shift, they just found somewhere a little bit better. You know, the food's better, the cover's better. So, uh, when you see a buck disappear and, and maybe you know for sure that he didn't get killed, you know, start thinking, well, where is maybe the next closest best place for the best habitat or something that he's going to really, yeah. you know, need? And like I said, we talked about logging. It's uh, it's by far, you know, the best habitat in the big woods. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I couldn't uh, couldn't agree anymore. And, and with newer cuts, I don't hunt them much except for late season. Oh, yeah. It seems like yep. they, the deer funnel in them. Yep. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had, um, I spotted, it was, we had snow on Thanksgiving, and I was driving around just glassing, and it was a new logging cut, and I actually talked to the loggers. They said they've been seeing these deer and some bucks yeah. coming out in there. So I was driving, and I, they're right in the middle of the day, wow. just feeding in this cut. <laughs> and uh, so I went in there then the first day of rifle, and ended up uh i ended up missing the deer but uh <laughs> anyways he he was coming out and it and i actually think another hunter pushed him and he because he was coming down the, the edge right through the thick cover on the edge yeah. of the the new because there's an old cut and then the, the new, new cut, cut there but uh it was just it was really cool with that but usually i don't i'm not the new cuts like you said i'm looking at them as a um i, I guess an investment down the road oh, more yeah. or less Absolutely. than than uh right now i'm gonna hunt it you know yep you see a long ways, but that's about <laughs> it, you know. For sure. Yeah. So is there anything else, Steve, you think that, you know, we should cover on this episode or do you think we've talked enough? <laughs> well, I'm sure we've talked enough. Um, <laughs> no, just one thing that I always bring up to whenever I get an opportunity to talk is, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, knowledge and uh, strategies, but you know, one of the most important things that, that I want to preach to people is 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 just finding like a, a mindset and a strategy that you're confident in and uh, developing a confidence because hunting is, you know, you can be a great shot. You can have the best gear. Um, you can put all the time in you want, but for the most part, it's a mental game. And your mental attitude and how you approach hunting um, that's one of the most important things. And I just think that, you know, we all, uh, we all get caught up into the newest tactics, the newest gear, 
but uh really all in all it's 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 a, a mental thing that uh you have to have the right discipline and mindset and uh after a while if you can co- accomplish the mental part of it then some of the other things will come easier so yeah i just i always say that to people because i just see a lot of guys especially new hunters I see him with the most expensive gear, you know, hey, I look at this gun I bought or this bow and now I now I got it. You know, I got the gear when really I'm like, you know what, you know, you I know people that are shooting bows from made in 1980 or 1990 yep. and it's really not that. It's it's about, you know, developing a style and something that you're confident in and uh, just getting that right mental mindset that you believe in and then yeah. then worry about the other stuff. You know, that's you that's so such a good point when well, a couple things there. The the point that you're talking about with like people thinking you need you know the best gear, you need that. I fall into the trap of sometimes I feel like I'm not sending the right message because I love messing around with oh, gear sure. and all this stuff. Yeah. And like that's not what makes or breaks a hunt whatsoever. Can can you be more comfortable? Can you? Is it easier to shoot this bow or yeah. maybe? Yes, that's that's not something you can argue. But no. that doesn't make you a good hunter. No. Nope. That just isn't another tool in the yep. in the the arsenal, I guess. But it's coming to that mental part of it. If you look at at least what I see from people that are consistently successful, yep. they're the ones that are they're not the one they don't quit. Yep. They they just keep going. Absolutely. And and two, they're they always have a positive mindset with Absolutely. it. And they, they think tomorrow's gonna be the day or and they're not like um I guess being oblivious to things, but they're, they have that mindset and you got to believe in yourself with it, even when things are really terrible. And, you know, and I, I'm saying this so confidently now and I struggle with it just as much as anybody does at times, you know, but you have to kind of re, you know, and there was, there was one thing that also, um, I don't mean to keep going on this topic, but like another thing I, I always reference things that my dad taught me cause he's taught, you know, so much of it, but he would say to me, he's like, if you're hunting, you know, six, seven days in a row or six days in Pennsylvania and you know, it's day five and you're super wore out. Yep. Sleep in an hour. Yeah. There you and go. Then just go out and you know, you got to get your mind right. Absolutely. You're just, he's like, you're going to be way more efficient if you get that extra hour sleep that one day then and or do or whatever he goes it's just you know and and i truly believe that at times you know you got to be smart with it and keep your keep your head on your shoulders because you can you'll beat yourself you will lose because of yourself not because of the hunting was bad no no that's that's what i you know that's what i just keep trying to say is you know there's a lot of people bouncing around trying different things and really the the success is in plain sight and within reach but they're not their 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 focus is scattered when you know first starting off you know just trying to get on you know more consistent success it's all going to be it's all going to be mental and you just have to uh you have to be the kind of person that doesn't get frustrated angry you you know you take a deep breath relax and it's you can't if you're one of those people that uh needs constant you know entertainment like a little kid that uh has to you know be playing video games all day then mm. hunting's probably not your thing but uh if you're good if you can develop and just be a good strong minded person i think you've really accomplished 80% of it you know right there and that patience just transfers to everything else in your life absolutely and i i i'm a strong advocate that hunting can if you know if you 
use it correctly can make you a better person oh or make God, you, yeah. if you learn how to apply that to other things. Yep. I mean, I, I don't think I'm naturally and maybe nobody is, but naturally a patient person yep. and that's what it's taken or, or showing that you had to work very, you don't get instant gratification. Yep. So like me with my elk hunting journey, like I, I felt like with deer hunting, not saying that I'm really good at it or anything, but I felt like I could have success with it yep. where elk hunting was so new to me yep. that I just kept screwing things up and you just have to keep going. Yeah, keep just going. keep going. And it's it's constantly putting in work. And that's the way it is for new people with big woods hunting. Yep. Like this is not going to be easy. Yep. It might take you a couple of years, even if you think you're doing everything right to get it done. Maybe it doesn't, uh, but yep. you know, it, it, you just got to keep keep rolling with it and keep your head on your shoulders and yep. and, and really though if it's not fun then it probably isn't the sport for you like yeah you know i understand it, and we all like different things but to me all those things that we've brought up all the challenges and even some of the frustrations like it's all fun to me so mm-hmm. uh and that's you know, i wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't fun and i'm sure you wouldn't be either so yeah. we have to make sure that we're having fun and uh I know we're just all extremely thankful, especially through the past few months and the times that we're seeing that uh, we have a place like the woods around us to go and just forget about everything. What's amazing about the woods is you go out there right now and nothing's really changed out there. Then you go into the city or you go to town or whatever and everyone's wearing masks and uh, there's signs on the door. You can only do this and do that, but then... We're just so thankful to have these woods. Yeah. Just go out. I can still be myself. Uh, I don't have to worry about someone being sick or I don't have to worry about the store closing a couple hours early. Like it's just so much to be thankful for. That's for sure. That's, that's such a good point. And, and I, that's helped me get through this, you know, the whole thing. Like that's, well, not a whole lot changed for me to be honest, but (laughs) same here. (laughs) Well, anyways, Steve, where can people find some more uh, information on you um, and then your your guiding service as well? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, uh, first, first best place to look would be social media, um, uh, Facebook. Just look for Shirk's Guide Service or Instagram. Uh, I have an Instagram page too. Same thing, Shirk's Guide Service. I also have a website, shirksguideservice.com. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, I get an occasional email on that, but I, you know, I prefer to, you know, people reach me at those, at those sites to, yeah. to start. And, uh, you know, I'm, I just, before we, before we close, I just want people to know that, um, uh, this isn't just a business. I, I don't want to consider myself just a hunting guide or out there to just take people hunting. And, uh, I want to be more than that. Um, I want to be the person that, you can message me and I hope that maybe I have a tip for you or, you know, when you're having a tough season, don't be afraid to shoot me a message. And I want to always find a way to encourage someone because I really am trying anymore to represent that as hunters. And I just have this feeling the way that I see the world going right now, like we have to all come together. We all have to make sure we're on the same team because you can see how easily our rights and our privileges can be taken away now. Like we've seen certain things, you can own a business and it can be shut down in a second. And without us being united and together, um, I promise our sport can be taken away in a hurry. So uh, that's, 
another reason why I'm just glad that I can reach out to so many people is I want everyone to be on my team and I want to be on their team and all of us be on the same team. Yeah. And uh, let's all uh, just, I, I hope and pray that we all can just have a, a great 2020 hunting season despite all that we're going through. Because I know the future, even this next season, looks a little bit scary, but I know for sure I'm going to do whatever it takes, no matter what laws get made or what we're told. It's going to be it's going to be tough to keep me out of the woods this deer season, and I'm sure you're the same way yeah. too. So uh, let's just all make sure that we uh, are encouraging one another, wanting success for everyone. And uh, if if we do that, uh, we're all just one big family. I I don't think anyone's going to ever uh, be able to take take what we love away from us. That. Yeah, that words couldn't be said any more true than that. That's, that's yeah, being out there for everybody else and and not bickering amongst yep. you know each other. There's enough of that going on out yeah. right there. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's be in, you know the woods are all we can all agree on the woods are happy is our happy Absolutely. place. So let's let's agree on that. So Steve, thank you so much for coming on and welcome me into your camp full of all these. <laughs> giant pennsylvania public land deer and um you know and i look forward to we'll, we'll definitely do some scouting Absolutely. videos and now that we live so close here <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to get together more and talk i'm looking hunting. forward to it so cool can't wait all right steve well we will talk soon Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.